Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome, everybody, to the Finding Hermes podcast. I hope you're ready to walk through the doors with the God of the mind, those doors you need to walk through to find your authentic self. And with us, we have the pleasure of being joined by Gail Lynn, and I'm glad we're connecting after uh, quite a few tech archons before we finally got on Zoom. Gail, thanks for making here making it here digitally, finally. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, sorry about the technical issues, but we made it work. Oh, it happens all the time. So again, you have to have different backup plans and kind of like life. Same thing here in the Matrix. Absolutely. So wonderful. I really enjoyed your book. I wrote a lot of notes. Your book, Unlocking the Ancient Secrets of Healing. As we were talking, I saw a lot of parallels with my life. Uh, I think your work will is helping a lot of people. And of course, you've, as they say, you've eaten your own dog food. <laughs> so it's not like uh, you're just coming from some theoretical place. But let's start a little bit about yourself and who you are. Uh, it seems, I'm sure, looking back, you're, you're saying to yourself, I was made for this. And it starts, what, all the way back in Detroit, uh, in the car business and eventually becoming an engineer or is this when do you think the voyage started the uh, the fates that were sending you to what you became today well you know obviously it started when I was born but I didn't know it until I was probably 40 <laughs> <laughs> and now that I look back and I say oh my gosh the universe put me in all these situations for a reason from you know, being molested by the priest of the parish to walk away from God, only to end up dating an evangelist. I mean, the comedy of errors and, and you know, coincidences and serendipities were just hilarious. Um, and I kind of had to be an engineer to develop this. And then I had to know about international business. So I had to get into the telecom business. And then I had to marry a shaman, of course, and go to, you know, Peru. And then that had to fail for me to meet the evangelist to do, a, you know, to get into Hollywood and then to have this whole experience blow up in my face of life uh, with a completely stressful situation um, in the Hollywood arena and then having severe cardiovascular stress and on the verge of a heart attack at age 37. You know, so this the, the universe was hilarious the way that everything now I can see the puzzle pieces fitting together. Oh, yeah, it's uh, quite a journey. 
So when would you say you were an engineer? You're doing very well with, uh, I guess, left-brained uh, life, uh, money, hours, office, uh, the usual formula. You said you were intro introduced to this huge <clears throat> universe of esoteric topics by an individual. Well, you, you name him in your book, Travis. And he was the one who kind of opened the doors that there was a world of all these different religions and modalities and all that. Yes. And it was such an amazing journey. We probably should have stayed business partners instead of, you know, gotten married because we were great in business together. And he taught me so much um, in five years. It was like a um, probably a Ph.D. education. And so here's his mom as a literature teacher. And here's me coming out of Detroit with a, a dad who had a seventh grade education and a mom who just had a high school diploma. So think about being a literature teacher and, see, and hearing somebody say, I seen that, I had went there. Oh my gosh, how embarrassing, right? So she's like, listen, honey, you know, we gotta, I mean, I was used to eating off of paper plates with plastic silverware a lot. And so they showed me, you know, about the butter knife and the salad fork. And it was just really a PhD in life and spirituality and literature and introduced me to um, Buckminster Fuller and Ayn Rand and just so many different books that opened up my mind and traveled all over the world. It was such a beautiful thing and very um, divine. Yeah, and for the audience, uh, Gail's book is wonderful because she gives an honest account that she's uh, sharing right now of her life and what led her. But the book also is divided into the scientific and the data about alternative medicine, healing and all that, which uh, we will get into. And then, of course, there's the idea of your your creation, the the healing egg and what you're doing today to help people get better. So it's almost like you get this trinity, this wonderful trinity in a book. Uh, you mentioned um you mentioned uh, movie the movie business and uh, evangelical. Could you share with the audience a little bit a little bit about that? That's also a wonderful uh, part of your life that almost seems to start with somebody turning and saying, "Well, we've never done a movie, we've never done a documentary," and you saying something like, "Well, why don't we?" And suddenly, seven years go by. <laughs> yeah, one of the stupidest comments I ever made. So after I got divorced, I was, you know, I was angry, you know, because we had spent a lot of years together. And of course, you know, we go to Peru. Truth is stranger than fiction. He leaves me for the assistant tour guide while we're on our trip to Peru. I'm like, what is happening? And then she wants me to talk to her. I, you know, I have a little bit of Spanish background. He doesn't have any. He's telling me, can you tell her how much I love her? I'm like, did I enter a twilight zone here? So I get home from this trip and it was just bizarre. And I go to a Chinese restaurant with some friends and I see that next door, it says, um, lady self-defense, kickboxing, karate. I'm like, you know, I'm going in there. I'm going in and I'm signing up because I'm going to kick the shit out of something. <laughs> so I end up going in there. It's a Kempo karate school. And um, I end up finding out one of the seminars we were going to have. Elvis Presley's stepbrother is going to come in and do a seminar with us for the weekend. And I'm thinking, oh boy, some guy's thinking he knows Elvis, right? That's like knowing Mickey Mouse. 
So he comes in and, and Elvis was an eighth degree black belt in Kempo Karate. He was a fifth degree. Um, his name's David Stanley. He was the stepbrother to Elvis Presley. I start questioning him. I'm like, you didn't know Elvis. You crazy. <laughs> right. So next thing you know, he's got, he slams me down onto the mat. I'm looking up at him and, you know, we just kind of had this fun relationship over the weekend. And um, he starts bringing in books of him and Elvis. Look, this is me and Elvis. And this is, this is Elvis on tour. And I toured with him and I said, Oh, well, okay. I guess you did know Elvis. His mom, D Stanley married Vernon Presley. Um, after Gladys passed away, he moved into the Graceland mansion and he says, I didn't know what blue suede shoes were. I, I didn't know what an Elvis Presley was, but he found himself living in the Graceland mansion. So he was a motivational speaker and an evangelist because when Elvis passed away, he didn't have like a college degree. All he knew was, you know, protecting Elvis, but everybody wanted to know his story. So he ended up speaking in the pulpit, his story, and, you know, being inspirational and motivational, a very big presence, but he learned stage presence from Elvis. So he learned a lot. I mean, his formative years, ages four to like 26 or 27, were with Elvis Presley. Wild. He was on tour with them. So, you know, he says, well, wouldn't it be a cool movie to talk about behind the scenes on tour with Elvis? I said, well, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. And he had such a presence, but he thought he was a motivational speaker. And, you know, so the story goes on. He said, Elvis could do anything. How can I be bigger than my, my father figure, my mentor, my friend, my big, you know, my big brother, my boss? And I said, well, there's got to be something Elvis couldn't do. He said, no, I mean, literally he could walk into the president's office and take things out of the drawer. He can wow. bring a gun and just drop it on the table and then into the White House. Um, he would get police badges from every city he visited because they'd just give him one. Yeah. Uh, what he had a, a DEA badge or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I said, well, you know, what couldn't he do? He said, well, you know, he always wanted to direct a film. OK, well, then you can direct a film. So he says, oh, yeah. So have you ever made a movie? I said, no, but how hard can it be? (laughs) So that was a stupid statement that I said. And, you know, it really wasn't that difficult. If you really break it down into steps and stages, it did take seven years. We raised millions of dollars. Um, We went to DVD, didn't go into the theaters. Um, We premiered at um, the, I want to say it, I hope I said the Cannes Film Festival in France and walk the red carpet. It was amazing. It was amazing. But when I set my mind to something, there's not much that can stop me from accomplishing it. So the one thing is he's never done another movie. So I guess I had some influence in him doing the first movie. So. Yeah. um, And you had, uh, there was some interference or pushback beyond just making uh, how hard it is to make a, a movie because in uh, this documentary you weren't just showing it wasn't a hagiography or whatever they call it of Elvis it was you were showing the dark side of Elvis and his light side yeah we um we showed the truth we have ENO um insurance so it's errors and omissions so everything had to be proved to be true otherwise we couldn't put it out there Um, The estate did challenge David on many occasions. We actually were going to film in Utah 
but there's a religious organization there that um, some of the families are part of. And so we gave our deposits and they returned them mm-hmm. and said, you cannot film here. So it worked out great because we went to LA, which has a deeper film crew. So we knew that we, you know, if the focus puller quit that day, we could get another focus puller. You know, I mean, if you shoot in some kind of a, a city where they don't have a deep film crew, you know, you're once you turn cameras on, you're spending money. And it's like, you know, money's going out the window pretty quickly. So um, it, it worked out perfectly. Divine intervention, I guess. Um, but, you know, David brought me back to God, to, you know, his teachings, because when I was molested by the priest at 14, that's my image of God. You know, the priest is God. You don't know any different when you're 14. So uh, just, and, and I thought it was quite comical that the universe brings me back to that. And, you know, the evangelical ways of David and, you know, he was one extreme and the priest that I interacted with was another extreme. So really funny to watch my life and to watch the different situations and the people that came into it. So, yeah, we had a lot of challenges with the estate. We couldn't use the word Elvis. We couldn't use, you know, anything with his name and likeness because it's trademarked, it's protected. But to be honest with you, he said, we, you know, we always called Elvis boss anyway. Hey, boss. So, you know, we, we called it protecting the king. So that was, you know, the, the name of the movie. Um, we didn't say Elvis. And trust me, everybody knew who it was when you see the movie. <laughs> but it was the behind the scenes. It was the, the craziness that he was and the loving that he was and the sharing that he was. But he wasn't all about apple pies and, you know, and um, peanut butter and banana sandwiches, which um, David said he never had seen Elvis eat a peanut butter and banana sandwich. So where does that come from? Hmm. And he said he really didn't talk like, thank you, thank you very much. He said he really didn't talk like that. (laughs) So... (laughs) The man became a myth faster than anyone. I'm telling you, that's why I said it's like knowing Mickey Mouse. <laughs> well, that happens when you're larger than life. I mean, there is, you're talking, seeing the president. I've done shows on Elvis, uh, fascinating. And yeah, he was, uh, it was interesting because he was a lot like Philip K. Dick, my hero of this show, that that generation thought that street drugs were bad and they were bad in the 60s they were destroying people all over i'm against the war on drugs but there was a problem but they were fine with prescription drugs they they would pop pills both characters left and right and well one of them got destroyed for it or his life got shortened but yeah he uh, elvis really was the only time this country had a real king because he won he was on the topic of drugs he was pissed off about drugs and he got on i think a passenger plane you know it's not like he just went and left his house bought tickets people on the airplane are freaking out uh, i think he told the pilot stop the plane because there were some people late and the pilot's like yes sir and he walks up to the white house knocks out literally walks on the door and people are like telling president nixon elvis is here and nixon's like I have to let him in. I mean, that's what you did with Elvis if he came to you. He was, he really was the king of this country in many ways. He was bigger than the president, than the army, than any religious leader. Well, I think that there was something very special about him because of the stories. 
And there are some of these guys that were part of the Memphis Mafia that will go to their deathbed, and some of them have, without telling stories that could damage him. And, you know, I know a few, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not interested in damaging Elvis. But what I would say is that the stories that David told me, like he would say, Elvis, you know, they're sitting by the pool. Elvis, the sun went, you know, um, behind the clouds. And he said, Elvis would put his hand up and almost move the clouds. Like, it's no it. wonder why that, you know, there's there's these stories that I've heard. And I, I know when I went to Peru, I saw somebody pick up a fire, uh, a coal that was on fire and light their cigarette and put it back. No. So, you know, if I didn't see that, I wouldn't believe it. And I'm not sure that I believe that they were in a, a Colorado ski area. I don't know if it was Vail or Aspen. I can't, I can't remember where he went. But he said a guy, you know, bones sticking out of his leg. He said, Elvis just put his hand over and the bone went back in. Like, what? So it's no wonder why we still revere this guy after, what, 40 years? He died in 77. I don't know how many years that is. Somebody knows out there. Yeah, his um, anniversary was recently, yeah. Uh, August 16th. Actually, today. Oh, my God. August 16th, mm-hmm. 1977. Weird. Okay, there's no accidents. And it, and I haven't talked about Elvis on any of my podcasts recently. How weird. But I want to tell you, though, that he really did come through because I said if there was somebody in this world and I don't really want to meet anybody. I'm not starstruck. We all put our pants on the same way. But if there was somebody that I would want to meet, it would have been Elvis because David said you could feel him walk into the room. He said when I pulled up to the house the day that he died, he said I knew he was in the house, but I didn't feel him in the house. And this is a 20 some year old man. You know, guys aren't as tuned in sometimes as women. So, and David was immature and, you know, just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But he knew enough to say, I don't feel Elvis. He's in that house, but I don't feel him. Weird, right? And so today, yeah, the anniversary of his death. And if if there was somebody I, want, I would have wanted to meet would have been Elvis. And I remember after the movie was over, I was meditating one day and I felt a presence that just said thank you to me. And I think it was Elvis because David never really knew who he was. He was always in the shadows of the king, if you will. And I think he even wrote a book, The Shadows of the King, and not knowing who his friends were or who really liked him because of who he was or who he was, right? So I just remember this big presence coming into my meditation and just saying thank you for for giving David his dream. And I just started crying and it was weird. It's amazing. And you were brought back to Christianity or to heal yourself from the damage that a church did to you. But from what I studied, Elvis was a was a firm believer, but uh, uh, fundamentalist or evangelical Christianity was very different in the 50s and the 60s. And he was into theosophy. He read the Gospel of Thomas. So Elvis knew about the Gnostics. Being the king, he had to know about all his subjects, right? So uh, would, is that the kind of Christianity that you came back that David was teaching? The kind no. of broad Christianity? I guess what, you know, what David interpreted when he was interpreted when he was in his 20s, that Elvis said that the Bible was the book. Mm -hmm. He read the Book of Mormons. He read the King James Bible. He read everything. He read a book called The Impersonal Life. And there was so many books that he read. And so David's interpretation was the Bible is it. 
whether it was or not, you don't know when the 26 year old kid, you know, so I was raised Catholic, but I didn't come back to the organized religion in a sense. I came back to, we are all one more of the Buddhist belief of, you know, we need to be good to each other. We need to love each other. We need more kindness. We need to open up our hearts and we need to support each other in this journey that no one gets out alive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. life is short, you know, and sometimes I just get mad at myself too, for having stressful days. I'm like, why am I stressed out? Cause I have a hundred emails to respond to who cares, who really cares. But I do, and I don't want to ever disappoint anybody or let anybody down. And so I think that's why I was somewhat chosen to get this download, which I know that the download comes and a lot of people get it, but who's going to grab it? Who's going to do something with it? It's not like I'm real smart. Uh, it's it's just that I, I listen. And this was important enough to me to invest in, to build and to bring it to fruition. Um, Because what I saw in the envisions was that it was going to help humanity to find their God peace, to find the peace that they are, that is God, to connect to that, to take back their freaking power that has been taken and to know that they are some piece of God and that they are powerful. And we do have gifts that we don't tap into because we do not spend enough time inside in, in listening to our bodies. And that's what the harmonic egg does. I mean, it brings you to that higher self. It lifts the veil. You can see. I mean, my intuition is through the roof now. I can talk to animals. I can talk to the trees. I can talk to the land spirits. And if you told me I was going to do this when I was living in Detroit in a, you know, blue collar environment with a factory worker dad, I would have thought maybe you go to the cuckoo nest, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this new age woo-woo stuff, uh, age of Aquarius stuff. But like you said, this is a natural part of what humans are and what animals know, telepathy, healing, all that. And when you're talking about Elvis, he was probably a natural born shaman or a healer, a Reiki mess. He was just a natural at it, but he decided to go with music, he probably would have been healing people by the river as he baptized them if he hadn't. But like you said, this is an ability we really all have. have. My uncle, I have family who are healers. And like you said, they put their hand on you and you can feel these currents just taken over. So I would agree with you and well said. But what led you really to the, the before the harmonic eggs, egg creation? Because it seems to be your health was challenged. There was, I believe, migraines, a car wreck, uh, anxiety. Was it all three or what really propelled you to this is it? I'm going to create something based on ancient modalities that have worked recovering and that is also backed up by science and data. Yeah, that's interesting. Probably started when I was 17 years old and I got a job as a receptionist at a doctor's office. And I was dating a guy, his grandmother came to that clinic and they had a diet program there where they were giving all these old ladies speed. And they're like, I feel so good. And I, and I would look at the charts here. I'm 17 years old. I look at the charts and I'm like, Dr. So-and-so won't say his name. I'm like, um, you know, Kenny's grandmother has been coming here for 20 years and she's, she's gained weight. If you look at her chart and he's like, yeah, well, she says, you know what? That makes me feel so good. 
And she's speeding around the house, cleaning and, and cooking and doing all this stuff. And I thought, this is messed up. So I got fired because I was questioning the doctors. Somebody would come in for their pain pills. And I said, no, 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 you can't get these for 30 days. You, you took too many of them. It says, you know, and here's, I'm 17. What is wrong with me, right? And I, I realized I had a photographic memory. A lady would walk up to the window. A guy, I knew they're all their names. And I knew where their folders were. And they used to compliment that. They'd say, you know, you you remember us when we come back. I'm like, yeah, well, doesn't everybody remember all these people? And they had thousands of patients, thousands. They got shut down. Um, uh, pharmacies stopped taking um, the main doctor's prescriptions because people were taking the pain meds and getting them too often, selling them on the streets. It was a hot mess. But when I questioned it, I got fired. So I think it started then when I, I started getting migraine headaches when I was 17 and I had no idea why, but Western medicine was zero help to me, zero help. So, you know, I go on through the years and I realize my mom's overweight. My mom's on the verge of diabetes. How can I help her? I start researching things, always wanting to help other people. Um, when I was probably, I want to say it was 13 or 14, I bought my dad an abuse for a Christmas present. So he would stop drinking. When you take an abuse and you drink, it makes you throw up. What am I doing? Right. I mean, who is this little girl? Like I, I never thought anything different than this is how everybody should be. Right. You should be concerned about people and trying to help them. So as you know, fast forward to age 37, that's when, you know, 23 years of migraines and I had cystic acne, my hair was falling out. I mean, so many things were going wrong. I think it was the culmination of the stress. And I said, you know, there's got to be a better way. And then, you know, God, universe, source, creator guided me to sound and light therapy, which I thought is a little bit cuckoo because what would make you think you just lay in this light box and you could heal with sound and light? Don't you need shots and surgeries and medications and stand on your head and drink water upside down and, and you know, do all kinds of stuff? didn't make any sense. But then I started researching and started, you know, thinking back of all this, the Buckminster Fuller and Edgar Casey and all the books that my ex introduced me to and said, well, shoot, you know, Tesla and Einstein and everything is energy and frequency medicine is the medicine in the future. And you look at Emoto's work and the water molecules. And I, and I started just absorbing all this information, Royal Reich, Wilhelm Reich, you name it. I was reading it. And I thought, we're vibrational beings of light. What the hell? Why aren't we healing with sound and light? Well, then you find out this is ancient technology. There's nothing new here. But I brought it together with sound, light, vibration, and setting an intention using our mind as well as these other tools for our body. Yeah, well said. And uh uh, yeah, you talk about uh, what are you, spiritual energy, and that's basically the energy that we cannot perceive physically, but it's all around, and that's what we can access to heal us. Yeah, I just spoke to, um, on Saturday, I spoke to a doctor in Ecuador who they signed a contract for an egg yesterday, and we hit some level of communication. She really believes that the spiritual body needs to be healed to heal the physical body. But we hit some level of communication. She's speaking Spanish. We had a translator. I'm speaking English. 
and I'm nodding my head. I know exactly what she's saying, but I don't know what she's saying. But I knew we were, we hit some level. We were all crying. It was, it was quite comical, but we have this ability to communicate without knowing each other's language. We can still communicate. We can communicate with the trees. I can communicate with my horse. Uh, we went swimming with the dolphins a couple of weeks ago in Key Largo. And the trainer says, you, you put your hand out like this. So if, if people are just listening to it, you put your hand out like you're going to accept some money from somebody. Okay. And she said, the dolphin will come up and put their nose, which, you know, they call it the nose in your hand. And then you lift your face to their nose and we'll take pictures. Like, you know, they're kissing you. Okay, great. So she said, she called, she called the dolphin off. Like, you know, you're done with her and the dolphin wouldn't leave. And for that split second, and, and I'm telling you, it was just a second, but it made my life. We were one. Just that split second. Mm. We were one. And I've had those split seconds with my horse, um, but they're they're fleeting, far and few in between, because we're so busy in our mind. You know, we're human doings and not human beings. But if we could just be present and be in the now, and I was totally present with that dolphin at that moment. And she, the trainer was even a little bit shocked. She's like, had to call her off again. And then she goes, well, I, I guess she's not done. 39 year old dolphin. And, you know, just imagine what she has seen and what she's experienced. And she just connected with me. I mean, what a gift. Amazing. <laughs> Truly amazing. Yeah. I had a uh, one like that recently, Gil, except I was biking in the trails and a red tail hawk attacked me twice dug his heels into but it was a I hate to say it it was a wonderful experience there was a power those claws brought in a, you know there was a charge and I felt again on the edge of death I felt so alive as they say the 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 womb of death is where you find eternal life this sort of dichotomy and uh I think it's everywhere if you're honest with yourself and nature and very important you mentioned too is intention i think that's probably an essential part because your book also addresses too and i've talked about it before there was a time in this country before the rockefellers and the pharmaceuticals decided to do what they did and i just read that the average lifespan of a man in this country has gone down to 72 we are going backwards big every in every metric we are going backwards for a developed country the united states is you know deaths of children and all, terrible but there was a time when the doctor would no matter what you had would say you know the famous take two pills and call me in the morning those pills were usual usually sugar pills but they worked and it probably would have worked on your migraine back then because you would have been put yourself in a field of energy and got it so but then they got rid of the placebo. The power of the brain got negated, didn't it? It's funny that you said that because I actually wet my bed until I was about eight years old. Mm -hmm. And now I realize the doctor gave me these little red pills and said, these are going to help you stop wetting your bed. And I swear to God, they were nothing but sugar pills. Right. But I stopped wetting my bed and I was making my mom crazy because every day she had three kids and every day she had to wash my sheets and, you know, it was just a hot mess. I, you know, I was hiding behind the couch in the morning going, Oh my God, I can't believe I peed again. <laughs> so yeah, but the little red pill and I don't think it was anything. Yeah. So intention is important because uh, as you say, we do have a natural uh, power to heal ourselves and to access these energies. 
Yeah, no, I, I think humans. we had to have intention with the egg because when two or more come together, you know, so you have the practitioner and you have you setting your intention before you go into the egg. And people call it the manifestation egg. They call it the intention egg. They call it a lot of different things. But before you go in there, you set that intention and somebody else is holding that space for you for that intention. So powerful. So, so powerful. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc awesome well why don't we talk about uh, the harmonic egg what exactly is it for those who want to know i mean we've been saying egg and uh, i look at the pictures people are going what's oh, this is some star trek stuff but again it's based on ancient modalities uh alternative healing or not even alternative how people healed 100 years ago even well um when they say alternative medicine you who has altered native medicine and who's the alternative yeah I think integrative medicine is a better word for it because it draws from different traditions. Absolutely. And so I've been watching that show Orville by Seth MacFarlane. I don't know if anybody has seen it, but I really like the messages in that about the different uh, beings and the different uh, species and stuff. But uh, sometimes I look at them like the egg looks like it came straight out of Orville, (laughs) off the (laughs) Orville ship, right? (laughs) So... Um, you know, so what it is, it's a large wooden egg and I, and I, you know, it sounds funny, but what the intention is, the intention of it is like the Taj Mahal, mm-hmm. every piece of it from the type of wood, um, the panels on the outside of 12 sides of a dodecagon to the hexagon platform, to the circle, um, that you see that looks like an eclipse when you're leaned back in the zero gravity chair is all everything has a story every piece of that egg every dimension of that egg has a story so we use the golden ratio we use the sacred geometry we use wood because it's a material that doesn't hold information and energy like a crystal you know wood is antiseptic properties wind has spiritual properties and it seems to have made the egg a living uh technology or a conscious technology and it feels very much conscience conscious and the acoustics are beautiful. So you're reclined in a zero gravity chair surrounded by wood um, inside of a golden mean sacred geometry egg that has a hexagon platform, which many people know that it can be like a portal. And you listen to music for 40 minutes, music that is not MP3 files, music from musicians that have a high heart energy and have 
you know, the um, passion for helping to be have, helping people to heal. Um, they're all holding an intention when I coach them. I coach them to hold a space of, of love, not for an ex-partner, but more for a space like Santorino in Greece or uh, their horse or their dog, that kind of love. And they're playing this music and each piece of music, I say, okay, I want flute and wind and water in this one. And I want drumming and, um, you know, a gentle breeze and dolphins in this one, mm -hmm. because I'm looking to find the intention of the piece of music, what color intention. When I listen to the pieces of the music in the egg, I see the colors that are coming through. So it's a gift that I've been developing. It's a, every gift is a muscle. You, we have to use it. We have to develop it. So you have this 40 minutes of music and this 360 degree, beautiful surround, surround sound kind of wooden egg. And then you have 10 minutes of complete silence. And the silence to me is golden. The silence is helping you integrate and hold that, allowing your nervous system to say, okay, what happened in the last 40 minutes? And letting you really digest that. There's a complete hold. silence like those. Uh, silence, that were, yeah. Yeah. But you may out. have, yeah, well, I mean, how many times do we have complete silence in our days besides Most nine? people never, never have. No. And I will tell you, there are some locations that, you know, maybe you can hear traffic outside. So there'll be like maybe an air purifier running or a fountain running outside the egg. So, but your silence, the silence, there's no music. You're sitting there and you're with your thoughts. You're with your blood flow. You're with your heart beating. You're with your, your, your aches, pains, your, your bliss, your joy, your emotions, you could cry. Uh, people process through a lot of stuff. And when you come out, you're a different person. You know, it, it's really clearing a lot of trauma out of the cellular level um, for you to have that amazing life that, you know, you're here to have. But you use light therapy too. So there's That's colored right. lights. Mm -hmm. There's colored lights. So when you set your intention with the practitioner and you say, well, I want to work on, say, maybe Parkinson's or allergies or something, you know, there's color intentions for that. And there's music selections and they all get a, a binder of, you know, training manual with a cheat sheet and they can kind of flip through and say, OK, for Parkinson's were you know, after we reboot the nervous system and let me get back to that uh, for Parkinson's, we'll use some greens and yellow lights. And we'll use some drumming because a lot of Parkinson's is just heavy metals. And so we got to get those heavy metals shaken up and out. Um, that's where they get the tremors from. Can also be from a lack of B12. There could be other things as well. But most Parkinson's that I've seen is heavy metals. But when you um, when you have your body in a diagnosis of Parkinson's, that's the normal for the body. The body, oh, this is normal. This is what our body is. So you have to reboot the nervous system just like you would reboot a computer. Mm to reboot to a, a new normal. Fascinating. And so you mean there's a practitioner, you just, don't, you just don't go in there. Somebody gives you kind of guides you and tweaks things and make sure that you get the right type of healing. And what uh -huh. are the different things the harmonic egg can treat? So we can't treat or do anything because the FDA doesn't let us. So it's a relaxation device, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if the body doesn't know disease by name and we know that our bodies are perfect and we know we can snap a bone and our body can heal and we know we can gouge our arm and that's going to seal up and scar up and heal and scab over 
Why do we believe that we can't heal from anything? Mm -hmm. I think we've been duped. So oh, we most certainly have. We most but, certainly have. When your nervous system is out of whack and you're stuck in fight or flight, and you're being chased by the bear all day long with taxes and work and kids and, you know, relationships, then your body can't heal. So we're putting that body into a reboot, into a balance. And we also know the number one killer in, uh, in the United States and probably the world is stress. Stress. So it's a relaxation device. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah we all gotta get we all gotta go uh underground in these days even certain words can't be said on youtube and so forth that's these are the times yeah you are uh yeah you're you gail you're a you're a smuggler you're a buccaneer a pirate you might say you are an outlaw but those those are the individuals who build a new future for us and this has done well i mean your book does show clients some of them are famous uh, composers and people who are very rational very successful and they're very happy with the results they've had absolutely well i think this testimonials speak for themselves and i think that um you know science is one thing but until we can have a device that can test subtle energies you know i can't come up with science, but the testimonials speak for themselves. And when science says they do controlled studies in a controlled studies, you know, um, consists of an 18 year old to a 60 year old, and this is their controlled study. And then they give the drug to a 70 year old and a 12 year old. I just don't think that that's science. Um, so I get challenged a lot by doctors. I get challenged a lot, you know, for people looking for the science. That's why I wrote the book. There's 90 references to sound working, light working, um, alternative, you know, medicine type things working. And so, you know, that's the science that I put out there. I mean, there's there's thousands of years of sound and light therapy from the Aborigines to the Native Americans, to the Greeks, to the Tibetans, to the, you know, the um, Egyptians. The Hermeticists, the, yeah, yeah, the ancient yeah. Egyptians, yeah. And then what, Hermes, your your podcast is called Finding Hermes. Didn't he invent mm -hmm. the uh, lyre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. He did, he did. yeah, the master of well, music and, he, and all that. And of course, your book talks a lot about uh, a sage that everybody on this show loves, Pythagoras. And yes. Spheres of the music and all that, and Plato to enter plato's academy you had to know play a musical instrument because to plato that was akin to knowledge and health and understanding the gods yeah no absolutely i i resonate so much with the greeks and the egyptians and so i feel like people feel that energy in there um when i went to greece you know in a sleepiosis you know hospital if you will and and I mean, my first Hotmail account, which was, I was 20 some years old, was Athena at Hotmail.com. Cool. I don't think you could get that now. I mean, I canceled it, but you know, I mean, it would be Athena 300,852 million and 22,000 yeah, yeah. at Hotmail.com, right? But I've always really resonated with the, the Greek and the Egyptian. I'm sure I had past lives there. The goddess of wisdom. And it's interesting too, a pagan friend of mine uh, showed me how deep the con is. Uh, Asclepius's healing staff is a staff with one serpent. The pro Hermes has the two serpents, and a lot of hospitals do the one with the two serpents, which is bad because 
again, Hermes is the god of the mind, but he's also the god of tricks. In other words, you're going to get some blowback and things are going to go crazy. So he thinks that some elite or somebody did that on purpose. You wouldn't, in ancient times, you would not put Hermes's staff in like a temple of healing or dreams. He was, this was, Hermes was for art and music and uh, making deals and all that. So, uh, careful out there. <laughs> I know. I think we've been uh, duped and tricked. And I'm reading this book uh, by Barbara Merciniak. I think it's called Earth. It's a Palladian saying, listen, we duped you guys so bad and we took away so much of your power that we have to now tell you, you are powerful. We can't go to the next level. The universal, mm. you know, uh, the union, if you will, you know, the universal union won't let them expand as a species because they duped another species. And I mean, it's interesting if you think about it. I love this deep thinking philosophical stuff um, because it, to me, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, some people might think I, I need to go to the nut house, but to me, that makes sense. Yeah. If you duped another civilization and a species and you have to do it, you have to make it right. And so they've channeled this book and said, we're making it right. We're telling you how powerful you are. Uh, but we just wanted to be the most powerful ones. But now we can't evolve as a species until we make that right. Oh, good. Well, get busy because we need it. We are on the verge here. And as a, we get a little bit to the end, towards the end of this great conversation, Gail, again, your life is full of synchronicities, uh, pivots. Uh, what advice do you have for people who are looking for their own will, their own higher purpose? I mean, because sometimes it's hard. You don't know if it's an accident. You don't know if you should just go with it. I mean, there's a saying I love, which says, uh, jump out of the plane and the parachute will appear. And I think that's been your life much of the time. You're like, I'm going to do a documentary. I'm going to build this, you know, the harmonic egg. You just, you do it and then things appear. But what's advice for people? How, how do they find their higher purpose uh, to be fulfilled or at least know where the gods want them? And where does fate want you? Well, that's the, that's putting me on the spot there. Um, I think there's two emotions that, you know, we have love and fear. So, I mean, you know, you can say hate, well, root cause is fear. You're hating somebody because you're afraid. So, you know, so there's love and fear. You have to stay out of fear for one thing. And I was up on stage one time talking to a group of entrepreneurs and I was saying, you got to be willing to sacrifice everything. And a guy stood up and he's like, have you? And I'm like, I have lost everything three times. So sit down. Yeah, and you're, you are on the verge of, you You couldn't even pay for food at times in your life. You had to borrow money. You were being evicted I mean, over and over. And you just, oh, yeah. you kept at it. It's a bad country song. It was like, I lost my dog, lost my house, lost my job. Yeah. Let's play that thing backwards, right? And I'm going to start over again. But you can't let things let you, you know, bring you down. If you have something that excites you, you have to go for it. And, you know, there is good and evil. There are things that, you know, you're driving down the road and you have a sick feeling in your stomach and you go, you know, I don't think I'm going to go that way on the road. There's a difference with that feeling versus the feeling of excitement and bliss. And you can't wait to wake up in the morning and get started on what you're doing. And so many people don't live there, but because they live in fear. Well, if I, if I don't have this job, then I can't pay the bills and I can't do this. But I will tell you what, I lost everything until I found my path. Once I found my path, it everything has worked out perfectly. My signature in my email says, let it flow. 
And I'm actually coming out with a new technology, a new invention. It's um, it's called Let It Flow Therapy. It's the, the lift. So Let It Flow Therapy, lift. And it's going to be for the home, sound and light chamber for the home. You want, you need to go get a lift. You just go into the lift, right? So, you know, I keep coming up with these new downloads, but you know when it's right. You know, you have to stay and you have to stay present. You have to stay in the now. If you're looking to the past and Elvis used to say, you're only as big as your last hit record. So if you're looking to the past for all the successes that you had, that's not the future. You are now, you are right here now. So, I mean, I had so many successes in, in, in project management, engineering and telecom and um, in Hollywood. You're only as big as your last hit record. So I wasn't anybody, I was nobody. So when, when the universe took all that away from me and I didn't know who I was, then this came through with the, you know, working with sound and light and this and that. And I thought, you know what, that's the only door that's open for me right now. I'm going to walk through it. And everything has worked since then. So sometimes you think, you know, you're, you're living in fear, but if you walk through that door that, you know, is your purpose, you got to trust everything's going to work. It's going to flow. Beautifully said Gail, but as Frank Herbert said in Dune, fear is the mind killer. How do you stop fear? I've done many shows on finding Hermes about fear. And I've, you know, I've said fear at, at its core is us not wanting to die. It's an instinctual, primordial thing where we have to control every minute and every moment of the day so we don't die, which is fine. But then to evolve as creatures of life, we have to realize we're not in control of life. We have to embrace death and we have to attack fear. Uh, what what do you do to attack fear? What are some of the techniques you would say? That so uh, John Wayne says fear is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Oh, you already got it. He was a wise man. He beat me by so many decades. <laughs> and Love Wayne it. Dyer. Yeah, Wayne Dyer used to say, you know, do something every day that scares you. So I did that for seven years. Um I said every day I'm going to do something that scares me, whether it was public speaking or going somewhere I didn't want to go. So it's a muscle. Like we talked about earlier, everything is a muscle. You can develop that muscle to not live in any fear. And I've developed that over the years. Yeah. Do I still get scared sometimes? You know, I had some crazy drunk people pull into my driveway. I was out in the barn and, you know, I was like, what am I going to do? I got to get from the barn to the house where my, you know, firearm is. Mm. And, you know, so was my heart racing? Yeah. But did I just curl up in a ball and, and freak out? No. I went around the back of the barn. I jumped over my little rock wall. I got into the garage and I, I know, I mean, you got to think my, my one mentor, he um, created a program. He's, he's passed now. Roger Anthony created um, crocodiles, not water lilies. And the crocodile's name was Rampa. R-O-M-P-A. So the first thing you do in a situation like that, you relax. That's R. O, observe. M, manage. P, patience. The last thing you should do is act. And most people go right to act. And that's where we make a lot of mistakes. Relax, observe, manage, patience, act. Rampa, crocodile. I'll never forget the training. He was such a brilliant man. He was the one that taught me about life. When uh, we were in a, a seminar and he passed a piece of paper to me, 
So I was so antsy. I just didn't want to be there. And it said L-I-F-E. Let it flow effortlessly. Mm. And that changed my life. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, great advice. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, so tell the audience, uh, I will have it on the show notes uh, when I do the video version. Well, this is the video version, but I, of course, will throw all these cool flashing uh, words and stuff about, yeah, about Gail. And uh, <laughs> But for those listening on audio or just video, uh, where can they find out more about you and and the the uh the harmonic egg i love the egg of course because it's a great symbol of the soul of birth you know the ancient stories of mary magdalene holding an egg it's just a great image it's the most powerful shape in the universe mm -hmm. the cosmic egg right well it's um it's pretty easy harmonic egg.com boom that's it <laughs> the books there music's there locations are there um everything is on that website so that's my that's the go-to website and location and also if somebody wants to become a partner and become somebody who uses this that's where the information is too right right so every location we're worldwide now which is blowing my mind um we have over 100 locations worldwide and i can't even imagine people were are lined up to buy these things and they've never even tried it mm -hmm. that's not my personality i gotta try it before i buy it i take it for a test drive <laughs> <laughs> Well, we need it more than ever. We need that integrative medicine um, and we need more options. And that's the purpose of this podcast to tell people that, look, uh, if you want to stick to the mainstream, your choice. But there are many choices out there. Find what works for you. And there is a healing modality. There is a way to deal with depression, anxiety, uh, all these things, because uh, we are, we, yeah. We're made in the image of the divine, and thus we have so much more power than we believe. Well, Gail, thank you very much for coming on Finding Hermes, and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you, and you have a good trip. Thank you very much. And there you have it, an excellent conversation with Gail Lynn. Uh, yes, if you see some critters in the background, there are some kittens that are playing and I haven't been able to get all of them under the bed. So we'll just have to wing it and hope, uh, these little kitten children, these bass behave, which I doubt they will. But anyway, great conversation. Uh, uh as we mentioned, this interview was done on August 16th. The on the death of Elvis Presley, but due to uh, my trip to Portugal and some other disruptions, it's coming out now, and that included uh, the family getting very sick after the trip and other stuff, but now is a good time. The movie Elvis has come out on HBO recently. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I'm afraid that uh, Tom Hanks as a actor is hopeless. But the movie was pretty good. But then again, I have watched uh, basically all of Elvis's movies, so I don't know what new content can be put on the table. However, I have not watched Protect the King, and that's definitely on my list to watch. I should amend what I said about Elvis being the king of America. I would say he's actually the shaman of America, America as the nation, more than 200 years ago when it was founded. 
He is the, yes, the shaman of America, the spiritual pope of this country. To support this argument beyond what Gail and I talked about in the interview, and for all subs who are listening in audio, I'm going to include an old interview I did with fellow Chicagoan Gary Tillery on his book, The Seeker King, a spiritual biography of Elvis Presley. You're going to get a lot about the esoteric leanings and impact of the man himself. I hope you cats enjoy it too, because you're definitely being noisy as usual. Other than that, I don't have much else. I, again, as I cover towards the end of the interview, I hope you have more choices to heal the body and the mind. Uh, as I said, the body don't lie. And as Gail said, the body doesn't know the names of diseases. It just wants to heal. Same with the mind, because the mind is not a suspicious mind, but it is the mind of Hermes. We all have the mind of Hermes, the trickster and the great creator of new possibilities. So, uh, as always, I hope uh, you have, uh, well, you have Hermes to uh, walk through those doors with the god of the mind. You're no longer caught in a trap. And you can now lay your cards down on the table and become transparent to the transcendent. As both Joseph Campbell and Mary Magdalene said, specifically in the Nag Hammadi Library's Dialogue with the Savior. So thank you very much. And again, for all subs, get ready after the little music for a very fascinating interview with Gary Tillery on, yes, the shamanistic aspects of Elvis Presley. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.